going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 218 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we are back with another edition of the ADP Market Report, going to check in on this past week's biggest risers and fallers in terms of underdog ADP, this information per 4 for 4 football, and our biggest faller this week, Joey, is you know, the predominant story in the NFL. It's Deshaun Watson, who is down 16.6 spots. His current ADP is QB 17, going at pick 133.2. Obviously, this is a a touchy story, and it's one that continues to develop. I think that we thought by now we would sort of know the status of his suspension, but things keep on being added to this controversy, and it doesn't seem like it's going to slow up anytime soon. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, and I ultimately am changing my position. I was of the belief that, you know, Watson, whether or not he did it, you know, we're not here to to play judge and jury, right? We're just here to talk about fantasy football. Whether he did or not, I felt like he wouldn't get suspended for the whole season. But after that New York Times article came out a couple days ago, after all of the backlash that he's received on Twitter and in the media in general, I just honestly think there's no way anymore he's not suspended for at least one year. And honestly, I think think now I could see him being suspended for more than one year. So his ADP fall is definitely justified. And honestly, I think it's a little too low of an ADP change. And maybe that continues to drop even further as the weeks go on and as the offseason goes on. But we should get Deshaun Watson news sometime this month, I'm assuming on whether or not he is actually going to be suspended. I will say I have officially changed my stance. I'm not going to be targeting Deshaun Watson in best ball with all the allegations against him in in the civil cases. And uh, I don't know if you're too familiar, but in the MLB, there was kind of something similar with Trevor Bauer. He's a pitcher and they suspended him for two years or 300 65 games or something Mm -hmm. something that equates to two full MLB seasons uh and he only had like one case of like domestic violence or sexual assault or so I think that his punishment is going to be pretty harsh I think that the NFL definitely will see this New York Times article and they'll have to make the decision accordingly and I and I think that yeah he's kind of done He's chopped. Yeah, and I mean, that's a pretty big change in stance from from your opinion of a couple episodes ago when it was like there's a 25% chance that he doesn't get suspended at all to now we're talking about a multi-year suspension being well within the range of outcomes. And, And I agree with you. I think it absolutely is. I think it's interesting that it's, you know, the whole consensus was like 22 allegations. Uh, yeah, he'll probably play, but 23, 24 no shot. Now he's done. It's like, what? what's the actual difference? Like, I read that New yeah. York Times article and it's like 95% of that stuff was already out. Like, it wasn't, it was just like rephrasing it and like, hey guys, remember this happened? It's like, yeah. So I don't know what specifically has changed, like why two more allegations are such a heavy, you know, shift in this, but it's clear that we're not the only ones who are viewing the change this way. It seems to be like shifting public sentiment and it's, you know, coming into the fantasy football realm as well as he's dropping. I don't think that this is the end of his fall either. So I, I expect Watson to be a subject of this 
specific podcast every single week for a while now. I think his ADP is going to continue to drop. And, you know, we're seeing some of the other effects of that spread. Another one of the fallers this week was Amari Cooper, who's down a half round. He's now the wide receiver 25. His ADP is 51.8. And I think, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we're probably going to see Nick Chubb on this list as well as a myriad of other Browns. I mean, you know, the mm-hmm. the entire projection for this team's offense drastically shifts based on Deshaun Watson's availability, which is seeming uh, to be less and less likely to be a, a big presence this year. Yeah, when, you know, Deshaun Watson plays... He's a top quarterback in the NFL. Uh, we all know that. And if he were to play for the Browns this year, they'd be a top five, top six offense in the league, in my opinion. So when you lose Deshaun Watson for this year or multiple years or shit, maybe even forever, that sets you back, especially when you already burnt the bridge with Baker Mayfield. They excuse him from mandatory minicamp. He's not going to play for the Browns. You have Jacoby Brissett coming in as the QB1 I think, uh, in week one and probably for a majority of the season unless they go out and sign or trade for another quarterback. So, yeah, you definitely got to knock Amari Cooper a little bit, and I think we'll continue to see him fall. I think you'll see Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and all of the Browns' skill position players fall as well just because the offensive environment is going to go from a potential top five environment to a potential bottom five environment. I think that is just what Watson can bring to the table and if they don't have him I don't want really any part of this Browns team to be honest so kind of a drastic change uh I just think that the public sentiment is getting too much for the NFL right now and I think there's just going to be a call for them to do something extreme especially when they've suspended other players for way less yeah man we'll, we'll see how this plays out that fully guaranteed 230 million dollar contract might go down in history as, as the worst contract ever imagine if he doesn't play a snap for them and they paid him out 230 million dollars and gave up like three first round picks that's the kind of thing that sets back a franchise like 20 like years 10, yeah like 10 years yeah crazy crazy to think about and you know some some people might call that karma so uh we'll, <laughs> we'll see how, how how that plays out will fuller is again on this list i i I think he's been on this list a couple of times in terms of players who are falling, and it's just the longer that he remains without a landing spot, the the more people are going to get nervous about it and be less likely to take him. My stance has not changed. I think that Will Fuller is still a great pick. I'm all for his ADP continuing to drop. It just, you know, creates a cheaper buying price, and I'll keep buying because, I I, I mean, we've said it before, but I think there's a 0% chance that he's not playing on an NFL team, and any NFL team is better than no NFL team, so his ADP will rise when he gets signed inevitably yep i agree not much else needs to be said sammy Watkins is on this list interestingly i didn't find any news items about him it's just sort of uh inexplicable but sammy Watkins is dropping he's down a half round adp currently 185 he's going as the wide receiver 82 and i guess the interesting thing here is just like if people aren't in on sammy where do they think the targets are going like we all think that aaron jones is going to be a target monster for the packers but other than that, it's like Alan Lazard is a blocking wide receiver. He's going to be blocking like 50% of his snaps. And then they've got the rookie Watson and Sammy Watkins. Like if we're talking about Sammy Watkins at price versus Alan Lazard at price, 
I'm taking Watkins. So if he's dropping, I, I think it does create a buying opportunity with Watkins, despite being a you know year over year disappointment for the last handful of seasons. Yeah, I mean he's currently wide receiver eighty two with an ADP of one hundred eighty five point seven. So you're getting him very very cheap in an Aaron Rodgers led offense. So I think definitely at cost. I would prefer him to Lazard if I had to choose. He's going uh, almost a ulti- hundred picks later. You know, it, but it's ultimately. Wild. I'm not drafting any of these Packers wide receivers just because I don't think they're good. I think that the Packers are going to be more of a run-first team this year, and I just honestly just want no parts of Lazard at his price. And Sammy Watkins, like you said, he's just been a stone disappointment for his entire career, so I don't want any parts of Watkins. Christian Watson, I guess, is interesting. You know, he has kind of that big play athletic profile that we want in best ball so I think he's fine to take shots on and you know they definitely invested uh high capital into him so I think he's going to be on the field uh and ready to go early so I think he's fine but I mean Watkins will probably be like fifth in targets I just want absolutely no part of Sammy Watkins or like any Packers players to be honest besides the running backs um yeah so I I mean are are you fading Rodgers too at QB 13 yeah I mean I have zero Rodgers right now yeah, that I think I agree with you. It's just hard to imagine any of these guys, you know, really getting there. I don't know. It's it's kind of like Jones and Dylan for me and and hands off the rest. But but then again, it's like, you know, Rodgers was still one of the better fantasy quarterbacks last year and they only lost Devontae, which I mean, obviously is a huge only. loss, but but one player like you know, if they could if they could replace that production across multiple players, you know, he should still be able to put up some ceiling games, uh, especially when they're they're close to the goal line. They'll run those little fucking bootleg one yard out routes and he'll score a couple easy touchdowns. I, I think he'll definitely have some ceiling weeks for sure. All right. Um, any of the other fallers that you want to talk about? Uh, Mostert still falling. Gus Edwards, LaVisca Chenault, some names on this list. Nothing too interesting to me. No, I mean, we've already talked about Mostert a bunch. Uh, LaVisca, I mean, he's like the wide receiver 10 on the depth chart. Uh, no <laughs> shot. Gus, I mean, I guess Gus is really the only other interesting one, and his ADP has only dropped by six spots. He's running back 53. I think if he's healthy and he plays the full year, like you buy him at that at that price. And then especially if JK were to go down again, Gus would you know assume some of the running back opportunity that JK would leave. But either way, this is going to be like a three or four headed backfield between a lot of very good players in JK and Lamar. And then obviously you have Mike Davis as kind of that fourth option i don't know i i I don't have much interest in gus but i think he's fine at rb 53 if he plays a full season he's gonna beat that yeah i i think that i prefer mike davis at running back 85 to (laughs) gus edwards at running back 53 i mean you know davis is like a last round punt pick and and you know gus edwards is a mid-round pick you are definitely sacrificing some potential upside at wide receiver quarterback tight end by going edwards as a guy who, I mean, really, like, what's his his ceiling on a season? Like, 700 yards and five to six mm-hmm. touchdowns with, like, 10 catches, maybe? Like, I don't know. It's just, he's he's a low-ceiling player to me, even if um, J.K. Doppins were to go out. But let's switch things over and talk about the players that are on the rise. The first one was super interesting to me. Paris Campbell up 12.3 spots, a full round, now going in the top 200 at pick 
198, wide receiver 87. This is a player now entering his fourth year who has not been able to be healthy for any period of time throughout the beginning of his career. We've been high on him, I think, every single year that we've done this podcast just to be let down by the injuries. Are we back in on Paris Campbell or is it finally time to just call it quits and you know label him as injury prone although we don't usually like to do that yeah I kind of like to stay away from you know the injury prone label just because a lot of NFL injuries are just fluky obviously he hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy which I think definitely you know plays a factor in everything in fantasy football like if you you just show that you can't stay healthy you're not going to have the trust of pretty much anybody so I don't I don't know if I can go back to Paris Campbell. All reports though out of Colts OTAs and whatnot and minicamp so far is like Paris Campbell has been playing really well and him and Matt Ryan actually have a, a pretty solid connection and like he he was the most active wide receiver in training camp. So mm-hmm. he's getting the training camp boost right now and he went up a full round in ADP and he's in the top two hundred now. I think if he can stay healthy, I think he's a talented player. Like he he's shown big play upside in the NFL it's just god this man gets touched and he's done for the whole season yeah but I'll, I'll take shots fuck it yeah I mean there's room right like outside of Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor there's not really any like true solid presence on that offense they got like Mo Ali Cox they they added the second round rookie and Alec Pierce who knows how that's gonna turn out and then T.Y. Hilton is the definition of dust at this point so like if Paris Campbell was second in targets on this team like that wouldn't shock me and and maybe it finally is time that he flashes some upside so i'm willing to take some shots on paris campbell i actually woke up on the clock this morning in a slow draft and took my first share so i'm I'm back in on paris campbell at least a little bit i i I think you got to take some shots for him next up is a player Currently without a team, Rob Gronkowski, some would say the best tight end of all time. He's up 10.9 spots, ADP of 116.2, going as the tight end 11. Uh, I read a quote this morning from Brady saying that he is still hoping that Gronk returns. It's totally Gronk's call, like he's not going to pressure him, but he wants Gronk back. There was a quote from the Bucks that they expect Gronk to be signed prior to training camp and I I don't know I mean this is really just a matter of whether or not he re-signs I think it's like hard to buy him when he's moving up almost a full round without any actual news like I don't know what's actually changed except for like him being mentioned by Tom Brady I guess that's worth a full round of ADP but I don't know I mean if Gronk does come back to the team I think tight end 11 is a fair price for him but if he doesn't I don't know if we should be buying when his price is getting more expensive How, how do you feel about Gronk at this point in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, I think that his ADP is just starting to correct to where it would be if he was on the Bucks currently. And I think his ADP will only get higher once he officially signs. And I think the expectation is that he will return to the Bucks. And obviously him and Brady have one of the best connections in the NFL. And then obviously there's going to be more room for opportunity with Godwin out of the picture early in the season. And the touchdown upside with Gronk is extremely high. And he was a winner last year, you know, around this ADP. I, I think he's fine. I think that his ADP change is partially because of the reports that he will return eventually, uh, but I think it's just self-correcting to where it should be, and I think it's still a little too cheap for a player with 10-plus touchdown upside 
in a season. Yeah, it's it's just a weird phenomenon to me, like how some of these players without landing spots are like going up drastically and some are moving down drastically. I guess people just have faith that Gronk is going to come back and, you know, it seems like the most likely outcome to me. So so who am I to critique? Another situation, I mean, Daryl Williams, we've talked about three straight weeks. He's up another 10 spots. Mm-hmm. It's starting to get a little bit out of hand, in my opinion. He's going as the RB51, which to me is like still a fair enough price. But like if you zoom out a little bit, I I looked back because we've been doing this for three weeks, this ADP market report, and he's up 50 spots since we started doing this uh, edition of the podcast. Like 50 spots in the last three weeks is crazy. And to me, it's just an even bigger argument for guys like Will Fuller, who like real true talented players that you just see what getting a landing spot does for you. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. We've talked about him a bunch, so there's really not much else to say about him and i'm pretty sure we we said to to buy him in the in that first edition yeah so and i was buying when he was going at pick 195 165 might be a little bit of a different story (laughs) i mean i was in a puppy yesterday where he went in the 12th round i mean if he's gonna start getting that out of control i definitely won't be touching him but you know, as an RB5 and, you know, around 15, 16, I'm, I'm still okay with that price. So we'll see when the rise starts to taper off, hopefully soon, or mm-hmm. else it's going to be just a, a no-shot situation. Next up, we've got your boy, Kadarius Tony. He's up eight and a half spots now going as the wide receiver 46. He is in the top 100 going at 95.6. My biggest issue with this is that I don't believe he should be going 30 spots ahead of Kenny Galladay. But, you know, as a whole, I don't think there's anything wrong with Kadarius Tony. It's just, you know, I mean, the Giants wide receiver two in the top 100. I don't know. How do you feel about Tony in this spot? Yeah, we talked about him on the last episode with the correlations because Mm -hmm. they play the Colts in the last week. I think that he's a talented player and I think he could definitely evolve into the Giants wide receiver one. Uh, I believe that Kenny Galladay still is, and I still think he is a great buy at his current price. But Kadarius Toney, I think, has the skill set that you want in a fantasy wide receiver. Maybe not an underdog with half PPR, but on DraftKings and drafters. I think he could be a PPR machine. He's got that explosive ability, that Tyreek Hill-esque explosiveness and just lateral movement. He's a great route runner as well. He flashed his upside and his talent last year. And if he could put it all together and stay healthy and under this new coaching staff, I think this Giants offense could be way better than it has been over the last two years. You know, they were a bottom three offense two years in a row. Like, I just truly believe they're not finishing bottom 10 this year uh, with Brian Dable. They have a bunch of players. As long as they all stay healthy, they'll have a pretty good group of skill guys. And I think that they can, I think that they could produce this year. So I think this is the correct year to be in on the Giants. And I know we've talked about them a bunch over the last two years, but this, this is the correct year. This is the year where you want to be higher on the Giants players, in my opinion. Yeah, I I could definitely see that. I, I don't want to understate how important this potential coaching change could be for their offense. I don't know that I love his price in comparison to some of the other guys. Like I prefer the guys going ahead of him and Kirk, Gage, Lockett, and then, you know, even a couple of the guys going behind him, like Chris Olave and you know, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, Robert Woods, Chase Claypool. Like, I think he's in the right range, but I don't find myself going there. I think there's other players that I like more. And if I'm talking about Kenny Galladay, you know, 25 picks later, I think I'm I'm usually going to lean that way if I'm trying to get a piece of the Giants offense. But 
you know, who knows? All it takes is week 17 for Kadarius Tony to be a true league winner. Last player we're going to touch on here is Cortland Sutton, who has moved up 7.3 spots, now going as the wide receiver 18, starting to create a little bit of separation between him and Jerry Judy in terms of who the fantasy community is viewing as the Broncos wide receiver one. They're still going pretty closely, but Sutton is the one that is moving up right now. And I don't know, how do you feel about it? Do you think that there's a clear distinction that, you know, should have him going as the wide receiver one in Denver? Or, I mean, could this still be a situation where Judy outproduces him this year? How are you viewing the Broncos wide receiver one and two spots on the roster. Yeah, I think that Cortland Sutton's ADP change, I, I think it's for a couple reasons. I think that the consensus is that he is the wide receiver one over Judy and, you know, for numerous reasons, maybe he's more talented, uh, but he definitely has produced at a higher level so far throughout their careers. So I think he should get the benefit of the doubt of being the guy there and obviously he's attached to the best quarterback that he's had in his career. And Jerry Judy is also moving up. He's not on the top five, but he's moved almost three picks. So I think just the community and the consensus are becoming higher on these Broncos wide receivers. And I think that both of them could have relatively great seasons if they stay healthy with Russell Wilson there now. And uh, maybe they air it out and, and let Russ cook, which... I think Russ has been wanting to do for some time now. Yeah, I mean, some of this ADP shift has to be due to our last podcast, you know, just talking about how high we are on this Broncos Chiefs week 17 game, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, my only concern, though, with this Broncos situation is that I think people are almost projecting like a one for one copy of the way that the Seattle passing game operated under Wilson, where it's like the targets are strictly consolidated to two guys, you know, in Seattle, it was Metcalf and Lockett. And I think people are expecting it to be Sutton and Judy. But I kind of think that, you know, Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler are both going to earn more targets this year than what the Seahawks ancillary receivers did last year. So I think there's a potential outcome where these guys do have good weeks and they are clearly atop the depth chart, but maybe targets just aren't quite as consolidated as, uh, as people are expecting to have both of these guys pay off top 20 wide receiver ADPs. I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think the targets are going to get consolidated in Denver. I think that the most likely outcome is Judy and Sutton are the top guys, but Tim Patrick has shown that he could produce at an NFL level and he's one of the better wide receiver threes in the league and he's wide receiver 58. I think that's pretty cheap for a player that will have multiple spike weeks throughout the year. And same thing goes uh, for KJ Hamler too. Like you said, there's a good chance that he carves out a role for himself as, you know, the deep threat in that Broncos offense as the explosive playmaker and as the wide receiver four. And he's going as the wide receiver 76 currently. So you have a couple other wide receivers that a lot of people think can produce and have shown that they can produce and put up spike weeks. Then you obviously have the two running backs that are going to be involved in the pass game. Both are capable. Then you have Albert O at tight end. So you got a lot of guys that these targets are going to be split up uh, with. So yeah, I don't think it's going to be as consolidated as people think. We will see how that plays out. And that is going to be it for episode 218 of the DFS Dose podcast. If you guys missed anything this week, this will be the third podcast of the week. We have a ton of content up. Three more pods coming at you next week, as well as best ball brunch on Sunday. Make sure you join us tune in, take a draft with us. It's going to be a good time. 
And if you're not already, follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover, Joey's at Joey Carrion DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on with the podcast and join our inner circle, the link to do so is via our free Discord channel. Link to join is in the show notes to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Fuckers.